0: So last week, so many times when we said back to school, all the kids were like, but I gotta tell you, this week they also realized that back to school meant back to football, right? And as I went to uh, both of our Shiner games over the last week, I heard a lot of anything but the we heard last Sunday. Matter of fact, I was at one of our games this week, and I'd gotten there late, the game had already started, and so I was in our parking lot here at the school, our crazy little parking lot, and it's full. I'm going around and I'm looking for a spot, hoping, hoping, hoping somebody's going to leave, hoping somebody lost one or forgot to see one. And I get that one, you know how you're going somewhere, you see that one, it's empty, it's right in the perfect spot, and then you realize, ah, oh, that's reserved, I can't park there. So I go around the parking lot again and I'm looking, looking and looking, I see another one coming up and I get close, oh, the car next to it parks on the line. People, for God, the love of God, don't do that. <laughs> Have compassion on other people. Don't park on the line. Thank you. So I go around again. I'm in the parking lot. And this time as I'm coming around, something catches my eye. And I notice a gentleman sitting in his truck. Didn't think much about it until I came around again, still looking for a parking space. And this time when I got there, I noticed something. I want to let you know. I'm not like one of these uh, creeper guys or anything like that. But I happen to notice that the man is sitting in his truck and he's reading a newspaper And I can tell that he's reading the sports section of his newspaper. Again, I'm not a stalker, anything like that. I can just tell because I can see the pictures of a football game. And I kind of thought, that's funny. I'm sure he has good reasons for sitting in his truck in the parking lot. I'm sure maybe he's waiting for someone or something. Maybe it's too hot outside. But I got to thinking, God, God, that's just like the church, isn't it, God? You know, we're, we're sitting in our truck in a parking lot reading about a game when right in front of us there's a game, a pretty good game, mind you, going on. If we could just get out of the truck, we would be able to see something right in front of us. That's probably a lot better than anything we're reading about in front of us. And God says, you're right, John, that is a whole lot like you can be sometimes. So I think thinking a little bit, yeah, we are kind of like that. Many of us are too busy sitting in our trucks reading about something instead of getting out and being a part of the experience that God has, the awesome experience God has prepared right in front of us. It was that the man in his truck reminded me, and God telling me, that yeah, that's not the church, that's you, reminded me of some words that I heard many years ago. When I first heard them, they, they pierced my, my faith and, and touched my heart. It was It's from a a bishop in Africa, and he was talking about Christians like me, Christians in the western part of the world. And he says, yeah, those Christians over there, they have a, a great faith. They have a deep faith in God. And then he started talking about himself and his people and some of the struggles that they have on a daily basis and struggles related to their faith sometimes, but sometimes struggles just to live. And he says, while you in the Western church believe in God, we over here depend on God. Now, I want you to think about what the difference of that statement means. The difference between believing in God and depending on God. Some of us are just happy to believe. We were told if you just believe, you can get to heaven. That's all I really care about. So we're happy just to sit there and to say we believe. But friends, I want to encourage you, and it's something that I hope can happen in our church and God's church throughout the world, that we could make a shift, a shift from saying that we just believe to understanding that we depend on God. We have to depend on God. If God... Is the one that gives us mercy for each day, we have to depend on that mercy. If God's the one that gives us grace each day, we have to depend upon that grace that we need for every single day. And if we're going to talk about our lives, we need to realize that there's something different between just believing in God and depending on the one who actually gave us the life to live. And certainly, if we're going to talk about daring to dream and finding our God-sized mission, we need to understand that it's, not, it's okay to believe, but there's something else we're missing. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord. There's two ways we can look at that. And the first is, if you think about, pretend I have something here. Let's just pretend this thing's pretty heavy. Oh, my goodness, it's so heavy, right? It's not that bad, but it's okay. So I got this thing to say it's really heavy, and I've decided ha, I'm going to carry this heavy thing because I can do that kind of thing. But as I pick it up and, I, and I'm carrying it around, I realize, good Lord, it's a little bit heavier than I thought it was. Oh my goodness, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. If only I could find some young back to help me carry this. Don't worry, I'm not going to call anybody up here. But let's just say I needed somebody's help to carry this for me. When that person, he or she, (laughs) were to come up, if I were to say, I need you to help me carry this, please, that person would come a little bit close closer. And I would kind of roll this off my shoulder. And when Proverbs says says commit your work to God, literally what it's saying is roll it off your shoulder and give it to somebody who's stronger. And of course we realize that in our life we're not as strong as we think we are. And that the one who is stronger is God. And that's why we're willing to roll this off off our shoulder and hand it to God. And you know, there's something crazy when we do that. When we finally get that weight off, we realize, you know, when I was carrying it, there were all these other little things that were happening and flying at me. And oh my goodness, they seemed like such a big deal. They, they added to the weight and I was going down and down and down. But as soon as I rolled it off and gave it to somebody stronger, those little things, well, they became little things again. It wasn't such a big deal. But I didn't learn that until I gave that burden to somebody stronger. Commit your work to God, Proverbs says. And that's one way to think about it. Another way to think about it is, well, when you have kids, you realize kids truly say the darndest things. And sometimes they tell you about their life plans. And One of my favorite jokes ever is from Michael Jr. He talks about a time when his young son, four-year-old son, came up to him and says, Daddy, I want to be a doctor. And you think about the pride that welled up in him and how happy he was, how excited he was to think about his son was going to grow up to be a doctor. And then his son said, or a dinosaur. (laughs) And when our kids tell us silly things like that, the plans they want, we don't ridicule them, do we? We don't tell them how silly that sounds, how ridiculous you are for thinking about that. What do we do? We encourage them anyway. We should go be the best dinosaur you can be. And I'm going to help you do it. Commit your work to God. Sometimes we have this idea, I'm going to tell God my plans and I got to wonder if God does the same thing that we just did. (laughs) You're so cute. (laughs) You have no idea what you're talking about. But I'm going to help you. Commit your work to God and I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you what your work should really look like. I'm going to show you what should be important to you. I'm going to show you how you can do this. First, you've got to give it to me. Commit your work to God, Proverbs says, and your steps... Will be established. Now, some versions I don't like. It says, "And your steps will be successful." And I, I don't like that because it kind of gives the impression that if we just tell God, "Hey, it's yours," then God's automatically, automatically going to bless everything we do and we're going to be ultra successful. And I don't quite think that that's what uh, the author is trying to say. Because, as many of us know, you can be as faithful as you can be, you can love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you can still fail. You can make mistakes and you can stumble. And that doesn't mean you've been less faithful. It doesn't mean you're a dummy. It just means you made a mistake and you failed. That's why I appreciate how it reads when you commit our work to God and your steps will be established. And the best way I can come, came to to, to, uh, to explain that to you is, is this way here. It's not my idea, but it says... What it means when our plans are established is that a happy issue will be one way or another. That if we commit our work to God, then no matter what happens, we'll be happy. Because what we will know is, followed God. We'll know that we've given God everything. We know that we've given that burden to God. We know that we've sought out God's will for our life. And come what may, we will be happy because we know we are trying to follow the will of God. We've got to maybe stop thinking about success so much. And certainly relating success to uh, faithfulness. We've got to be careful with that. A.W. Tozer once said, God may allow his servant to succeed when he has disciplined him to a point." Where he does not need to succeed to be happy. And what Proverbs says is that your plans will be established when you give your work to God. When we give our life over to God to show us what our purpose looks like. To tell us what our life means. We'll be happy with whatever God gives us. And that's good to know, especially for someone like the prophet Amos. He gives all these different prophecies about what's going to happen to the people of God. And, you know, these things that he says, they don't happen for 40 years. And if you were to rely on some of the ideas that we have of success, then, well, Amos would be a failure. But that's not how he understood things. and That's not what he was worried about. What he saw is that the people of God had gotten away from their calling as the people of God. they become a little more rich. If, 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 if my mom were speaking, they'd say they got a little too big for their britches. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And the worst part, of, part about all of that is they'd gotten so much wealth and they'd done so well for themselves. They had taken care of themselves. In such a great manner that they had forgotten that their calling as the people of God was to care for each other. They had forgotten, they forgotten that they don't just believe in God, they depend on God. They got to a point where they realized that they're doing okay by themselves, thank you very much. And the prophet Amos comes along and says, you need to know what God says. So the prophet Amos gives them several things to think about, about their relation to God and about their relation with each other. And in particular, he gives them three images right before what we picked up in our reading today. He gives them an image of these moths going through the whole land and eating everything in sight. Amos gives them a picture of consuming fire, that everything that comes in its path is gone. And then he gives them that famous uh, illustration, that famous idea that many of us uh, remember about God standing with the plumb line in his hand. And all these things are to say that we must be prepared because God has prepared a way that is right to God. And as long as we go away from that way, we can only expect for God to do something about it that was the prophet Amos message to the people of God and what I hope you saw today is as as Amos is up there telling the people telling the king telling the priest telling all the religious people like you and I what God was saying did you hear what the priest had to say in response The priest goes up to the king and says, look, man, we've got to do something about Amos because I really think he's trying to conspire against you. He's saying all these things, and if he just keeps it up, if he has his way, you're going to go down. And we know God wouldn't want that. We know God only wants you to have the best. So the priest goes to Amos and says, brother, you need to get out of here with all that. You need to go somewhere else. Prophet, you need to get your stuff You need to leave here. And Amos says, well, slow down there, cowboy. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a prophet's son. I'm not a part of some prophet guild. I'm not a part of a band of prophets. I don't come from a long line of prophets. Matter of fact, I was out doing my thing that I do all the time. I'm a herdsman. I like to sit under the tree on the hot days and do my work. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, you know what God did? God told me to go tell his people. And that's what I'm doing. I love this response from Amos, because I think it mirrors our lives in so many ways. Ways We think the people who do so much of the God stuff are the people who come from the long line of preachers or saints. The people who do the most good are the ones who know the Bible back in front, who've read it 12 times all the way through. We like to brag about that. We, we the people who do all the, the good stuff are the ones who are at church every single Sunday and do their religious stuff. I mean, obviously, friends, there is value in all of that. What you've got to realize is God will show up wherever you are and give you one of those. And if we are going to seek out God's purpose for our life, if we do want to realize, man, this thing that we've been carrying our own life, we we see what happens when we do things our way. We, We see now that we're not as strong or as smart as we thought we were, and we're going to decide to give that burden to God, decide to let God dictate and guide our steps. Part of doing that, is realizing that God calls you wherever you are. Whether you're a herdsman, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a, uh, a banker, whether you're a salesman, whether you're a stay-at-home, whether you're retired, whether you're re-retired, whether you're re-retired. I want to go back to sleep, but they make me get up early. Whether you are, do whatever you do. God calls you wherever you are. Now, understand this. Somebody like Amos was doing something. That he was comfortable with. All these years later, as he's um, approached by the high priest, he goes back to his priest and says, look, I'm going to remind you of something. This is not who I am. I'm not a prophet. I'm a herdsman. But I heard God's call. And I responded. As we're trying to create and listen for and follow, God's purpose for our life, we've got to be willing to listen wherever we are. We've got to be willing to say, I hear you, God, and I'm going. Amos could have very well said, but I'm comfortable here. I like it here. I like sitting in my truck in the parking lot reading the newspaper about a game while another game is going on right in front of me. Unfortunately, so many of us have an easy approach to our faith that we miss so much of the life that God really has for us. C.S. Lewis once said, I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. Because in our faith, we realize that God has this tendency To interrupt our lives, no matter where we are, as comfortable as we are, doing what we were trained to do, doing what we've always done. God has this tendency to say, okay, now I need you to go. Are you going to get out of the truck, friends? Are you going to put the newspaper down, as comfortable as you are? say, okay, God, I'll go. Seems to me that's one of the biggest things we have to decide to do if we're going to dare to dream the life that God has for us. So I think we should pray. Because often um, we are very comfortable. Often um, it's hard to convince ourselves to hear God. And certainly to listen to God and be faithful. So we should pray that God would give us the courage and the faith that we need. And whenever we get those moments, to respond with faithfulness. So let's pray. God, we thank you because, wow, you you do your work through us. You change the world. You change hearts. You bring peace and joy to the world. And so many times you do that through our hands. And through our willingness to serve. So what we ask, God, is that you would help us to hear the calling that you have for us today. Help us, God, to not rely on our comfort or on our own ability, but to roll over our life to you, to you who is so much more stronger and able to carry us.